Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Houston Element Podcast. My name is Missy, and I am your host. And today I have the lovely pleasure to introduce audio engineer, producer, musician, beat maker, DJ The Mixtress. Hi, how's it going, guys? Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for joining us, man. It's a pleasure to have you. Yep. Um, just doing the best that I can, like mixing-wise, instrumentals, different things like that. Like, just have my hand in multiple hats. And so we have a little local celebrity here with us today. I forgot to mention <laughs> that about DJ over here. I don't know if you've been, you guys been skipping through the intro or the outro or not, but I mean, our very own DJ The Mistress was actually the engineer that created that beat for us. Thank you so much. <laughs> Anytime. Um, it was a fun one to make. I wanted to embody something that was um, Houston, that was like, you know, the screw, shout out to DJ Screw, and um, that really represented the city. And, you know, the Houston Element co podcast, I thought it was just perfect, like, you know, embodiment of that. Because what's more Houston than Screw? You feel me? Absolutely. And I mean, that's why when I heard it, I was like, no, this this has to be it, man. This is going to be the anthem of the podcast. Like I'm buying it. We're doing it. It's there. Mm -hmm. So I just thank you so much for using it. Thank you so much for all the listeners and everybody that also enjoys it. Um, yeah, it was it was super fun to make. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much. And if you like that sound, and you want to find some more stuff from her, you need to check out her website, Brave Sounds. And she's got a whole bunch of other kind of goodies and stuff like that. If you want to buy a beat for your own kind of use, you know what I'm saying? You need to hit up this lady right here because she knows what she's talking about. Absolutely. If you need it for podcasts, if you need it for any type of videos on YouTube or anything like that, intros, you name it. Um, I got you. Heck yeah, man. I mean... You just been knocking doors down ever since I met <laughs> you, man. I mean, you are the an engineer, you are producing, you're mm -hmm. a musician. I mean, what else do we need to know about you, man? Um, I I just do a little bit of everything and <laughs> um just try my best to um get as creative as possible. I just anything and all things regarding music, you know. So, I wear multiple hats if anything. Yes, which is something that you're not going to learn in just audio school off the bat. You're thinking, I'm going to be a sound engineer and that's all the place I'm going to stay. And that was a uh, lot. No, like you, most <laughs> times, most times whenever you have um, a working career, you kind of have to. You'll find ebbs and flows when it comes to the industry in different time periods. Like, for example, right now it's December, holidays, you know. Um, they call it the dead months, quote unquote, but it kind of, it helps to be versed in multiple things so that you can kind of keep the train going. You can keep uh, momentum when it comes to your career. Yes. Very important to not stay stagnant because no matter if you're Quincy Jones or you're engineering for top artists, you mm -hmm. are always learning in this industry. Oh, absolutely. Like it, I think for you to have a career and for you to be successful, you have to accept the fact that you'll never stop learning. Like you could be 10 years in, 20, 30, you could be day one and you're just constantly learning new things. And I think that's what makes it so fresh and fun is the fact that um, no matter what, you can always have some place to grow, some place to continue to evolve to. 
And um, not a lot of careers are like that. No, no, not at all. I mean, like I've worked just about every single job you can imagine from babysitting to retail Mm -hmm. to office jobs. And uh, the repetitive nature is okay and well and cute, but then you don't see a lot of opportunity for growth, for learning, things like that. Like once you become the CEO of a company, that's pretty much it, you know. And Mm -hmm. that sounds exciting to some people, you know, financially, but... Mm -hmm. We as engineers, as technicians, we like to keep our hands busy and our minds mm-hmm. even busier. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, um, that's the funnest part. Like, a lot of the um, engineers that you see on major records and things like that, they're geniuses. Like, you see different people, like, going crazy with Rubik's Cubes and things. And just the amount of information as an engineer you have to digest in a very short amount of time, whether you're doing live sound or studio, it's just insane. Like, I'll I'll say all the time coming home from work that it's more mental stimulation and being tired than it is physical tired. Absolutely. I mean, uh, you you can't sweat the small stuff, but you also can't let things get past you, you know, whether you're in mm-hmm. a studio or live. When there is something that needs to be done, it has to be done right then and there, okay? Like, especially studio. These people paid for a time slot, mm-hmm. so they need to record and mix it. If it's just in that hour, two hours, whatever, it's all about giving the client as much of of your talent and expertise as you can to help to complete the project at hand. And I think that's the fun part, too. Like, a lot of times, whenever you whenever you're starting out, you're just trying to figure out who you are as an engineer. And then a lot of artists are trying to figure out who they are as artists. But once you develop that relationship, that engineer to artist relationship and your own artistry, you're able to really leave your thumbprint. And that's what people really start to find. Um, A lot of times what I'm told by my clientele is that, hey, you have a very specific sound. You have a very specific uh, way you like to work and like to execute different things that you're working on, different projects. So... um, with that, you're able to find print and find, you know, really designate where you like to go, how you like to do it, and who you like to do that with. Exactly. And I mean, like, you can go to the store and you can see three different red t-shirts, but they're not all exactly the same. You know, they mm-hmm. got their own unique quality about them. So what would you say is important to you as far as trying to find a new unique quality to make your type of sound, your expertise as an engineer stick out to make you more uh, expendable to your clients? You know, I think it really starts with yourself and asking yourself, okay, what do I like to listen to? What do I listen to? This is how I got into this. This is I listen to music like whenever I'm just laying down in my bed at at home, just relaxing or, you know, I'm going to work or other things like that. So just taking those influences from whenever you were younger, maybe things that your parents listened to that you grew up with and, you know, finding that that's also a part of you that also helps me to develop my career and who I like to work with and who I often work with when it comes to engineering. Um, Because a lot of times there's some of the same Um, influences and oddly enough sometimes it's the opposite which is kind of even more interesting so it um it makes working really versatile and it makes it very um it makes it very fun to navigate those things a hundred percent agree and uh something that i've noticed since i became uh a part of the industry is that it is not necessarily uh 
it you have to do this, but it is very helpful if you already have a musical background because mm-hmm. you already know what you're listening for. You can identify uh, if it's um, a string instrument, if it's like, mm-hmm. you know, um, if it's a matter of tuning, if it's a matter of a bad instrument, if it's a matter of technique. Would you say mm-hmm. those kind of uh, things have helped you to be uh, better as an audio engineer? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, shoot, you could probably like, count the amount of times I said absolutely anyways um (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it's helped tremendously um even before I started in college I started off as a saxophonist and I played for 12 years like from middle school I did marching band I did jazz band I got into college um playing in performance bands doing performances and things around the Houston area um when it comes down to it I tell this to people all the time if you really think about it the band director is an engineer. He's the one that's controlling the levels of, okay, the horns over here are a little bit too loud. Let me just, you know, tell them to go a little bit softer. Yo, I need to bring up the um, percussion just a little bit more. Oh, they need to play louder. Oh, they need to play softer. Like I really, I came to that realization in college and that's kind of how I mix now. It's quite funny. Um, I had all the time my family tell me to become a band director. And I was like, no. And I find myself, wow, I, I, I kind of am, but for music, <laughs> but it doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, yeah. Audio engineers are not just uh, people behind the console that are, you know, mixing in their doll or mixing for a live venue, you know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like we have to, without degrading the artist, we have to let them know, hey, I need you to, you know, bring your vocals up here mm-hmm. a little bit more, bring a little more presence. OK, you and the guitar, I need you to bring your gain down to 50 percent. Mm-hmm. I'm going to bring you up. OK, <laughs> let me help you help me help you. Exactly. You know, without <laughs> offending them, of course. Yeah, it's um, we are musicians, too. Engineers are musicians and it. it kind of kills me sometimes hearing the amount of times that engineers are like I don't know I'm not a musician at yes you are with the amount that you listen to music with the amount that you are surrounded by it and you know um engineering is an artistry by itself it's its own instrument like you have those who are self-taught by it you have those who go to school for it it when in all reality it's its own instrument and when you think about it how important it is to the recording process to the song creation process um it it just blows my mind like people have that perspective about it you know like it it 100 is its own instrument with as much practice that it requires with as much dedication and time um that's how i try like to treat mixing too i like to because you know whenever you play an instrument um before you start you have warm-ups you have like um, Remingtons, like long, long tones, things to get help to bring you to where you are ready to actually practice or perform things that you need to practice or perform. So same way I do ear trainings when it comes to mixing. I do um, warm ups. I have mixes that I if I'm not, you know, if I don't have any mixes that I need to turn in to clientele, I'm doing practice mixes online. Oh, yeah. I mean, just like with uh, any typical uh, musician that plays um, guitars, uh, percussion, whatever, we always have to be practicing, too, Mm -hmm. you know, because if we don't practice, we get rusty. So that's why you see people saying, sorry, I'm in the studio. And you're like, man, do you live there? It's like, well, yeah, actually, I do. Absolutely. (laughs) Like we 
I I have like a thing on my story on Instagram that I'm like, I actually live here. <laughs> it it's true, man. I mean, because uh, you know, it, it is something that you are constantly honing your skill. If you don't mm-hmm. practice it, you will forget it. And uh, there's nothing more nerve wracking than dealing with a client. And then you're like, I forgot how to do this. Yeah, no, like I um, even before I had clientele, um, I made sure I had like a couple of months where I was just practicing and then just getting with friends and saying, hey, can I record you as if it is a session? I wanted to make sure that I 100 percent was proficient at what I did and what I could provide as an engineer before I got anywhere close to accepting money for it and start living off of it. And thankfully, I'm very fortunate to be living off of it now. But it took the time to practice and to be very versed in it to get to that point. Absolutely. And now you're able to sit back and reap the rewards of all of your success. Like, <laughs> and it's continuing growing success. Obviously, yeah. you're not plateauing because you're always striving to do better. Yeah. But I mean, you've been recognized by your school as San Jack, by your peers and the faculty mm-hmm. for your talents as an engineer, by the studios that you've worked at, by your clients, even by local publishings here in Houston. And that's something to be celebrated, man. Thank you. I just like I said, it it all goes back to me learning saxophone and um, there'd be days in middle school, high school that like I just go home and I would for hours just practice. And it brought me to have the discipline that I needed to where it came to my career to just go hard, go home, you know, um, like there as if there's no other choice. So um, that discipline, I would thank my parents, too, because um I was I was focused as a child. I was um I wasn't the type to get in any trouble or you know other things like that. I was super disciplined on um the things that I enjoyed, my passions. Like in all honesty, I'm very fortunate that all the time that I spent practicing my saxophone and really getting good, um that paid for my college. Um all the times that I was in different bands and um you know different scholarships and things like that, it completely paid for it. I barely paid like one semester in the summertime but that that wasn't even a drop in the bucket when it compared to all the rest of my tuition and everything else so yeah (laughs) and I mean and that's fantastic I mean it's not that easy to get a scholarship for any discipline whether it be for music for sports you know so the fact that they they acknowledge that you know you are worthy of that scholarship you know they felt the, that it was worthy of an investment to put into you it is is a huge uh, compliment oh and i i appreciate it i try to pay it back as forward and as much as i can possible um i am just so very thankful to even be put into the position to do so you know because um, it makes all those hours and times where I was like, oh, I kind of feel like going to the mall. Nah, let me just sit down and practice my saxophone. Oh, man, I really want to hang out with friends. Nah, let me just let me just finish this mix real quick. Like it makes all those times of sacrifice worth it. Absolutely. And you even released um, a single recently uh, about last year, I yeah. want to say, too, that you had your saxophone and you were jamming that sucker. <laughs> Can you tell us about that? So, yeah, um, I wrote a track that's called um, Don't Give Up. And it was during the time period of Black Lives Matter. And, um, you know, unfortunately, all of the um, killings and things that was happening in that time. And um, just as a person of color, it just left me as a black woman, it left me very just speechless. And I had 
no way like I just the feeling of overwhelming tired was just way too overwhelming and consuming you know so um I sat down and wrote down that track um just as an expression of the time period of something that I could just snapshot and if I was ever asked by my children um this is the perfect way I can describe it because sometimes music can describe things even better than words can very much so. Music is universal. Like you don't have to understand the language. You don't have to understand the music theory behind it. It is a personal feeling. Mm -hmm. It is amount of vibrations that is touching your soul. And it, I mean, it just, you know, in captivating your soul in a individual way and the way that it can affect groups of people, strangers, you mm -hmm. know, like at festivals. I mean, that is not something uh, to have a blind eye to, you know, that's, that's a really important gift to be able to reach people like that. It's a powerful tool. And um, I felt when it came to that song, um, it's just one way that I could use the tool for good. If anything from, you know, the time period of just so much animosity and things, because different people have different opinions and things and whatnot. But one thing is for sure is, like you said, the emotion behind it. And the one thing that I want people to grasp is no matter where you stand, on that topic, you can feel that emotion from that song. Like you can't deny any of that emotion from it. And I think that joins the greater conversation of, okay, if this is what the emotion is being communicated, what is what else am I missing? You know? Absolutely. And, uh, you know, it's incredible that you were able to put into words and, and musical expression what you were feeling, you know, because there's many forms of expression when you're going through something as tumultuous as that, you mm -hmm. know. Some people react out physically, some people react out verbally, emotionally, you know, things like that. But there is always a better way to get your message across without having to be violent to be nasty to be angry and your message was very powerful without mm -hmm. having to you know cause a big uproar you know in the streets or something like that you know it's mm -hmm. not to say that standing up for what you believe isn't important but you know there's ways to go about it exactly there's ways to not be detrimental but still in a sophisticated manner to communicate your point. And that's another thing that I wanted to do within the track itself. It was for multiple reasons. I think that, um, you know, going back to the previous topics, like it allowed me to practice, it allowed me to um, show off my skills as an engineer, as a producer, as a saxophonist. But in all reality, too, it's to bring back that, hey, I'm I'm a black woman. I'm a person of color. Um, you know, this is one of the things that I live with daily. Mm -hmm. And, you know, all these things aside, even though I'm known for my work, my career and other things, I'm still human. We all are still human. And the things that we go through are valid. Um, you know, they happen all the time. It's not something that we just put a blind eye to. But like you said, um, you don't have to you don't have to do it in such a negative way. I think that music, the reason why music and the creative arts even exist is many times throughout history. That's how people had their point across. That's how people express themselves. I hate to say it, but during major wars um, back in the day, they put they placed bands first. Music was always at the front forefront of um, different conflicts, different things like that. And I think it's because it's a symbol of peace in a way. So with that mindset and with that stance, I think that um, that's one thing that I want to communicate to my kids is that music, 
art, whatever you choose when it comes to your passion, that's ways that you can express yourself just emotionally, physically, mentally, you name it. Yes. I mean, music is one of the finest form of expressions, in my opinion. I'll go ahead and say it. I'm biased. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> because I listen to music in any kind of language. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it, it, when, when those, when those, the expression comes out to you, it just takes hold of you like a, like a tsunami wave, you know what I'm saying? You're like, I don't know what mm -hmm. they're saying. Maybe not. You know, I wasn't there when they wrote this song or they wrote this music, but it resonates with me. Um, it's a very personal thing. And uh, us as engineers, it's very important to try to do the artist justice by bringing their vision forward as close as possible, if not right on the nail. I think that, um, and to start and begin that same idea is just listen. Mm -hmm. Everything that I do with all of my new clients, I just sit down and say, okay, I know we have our session. This is the first time I'm meeting you. Let me introduce myself. What are your influences? Who you are? Who are you? Ha. Who are you as an artist? And um, what do you represent? What do you would like to do for your um, expression? You don't know? That's okay. Um, I just like to sit down and to actively listen to them. Because um, first of all, most people find that even in regular everyday life, they're not listened to, you know, but yet there's so many people who are just engraved into music. Mm -hmm. It all starts off with having ears and as transducers, when, you know, one form of energy to another, um, just listening. Yes. And I mean, the art of communication is very prominent in our industry it's as key. much as, yes, ma'am, as much as mixing and recording in good environment is communication, communication and communication is always going to be necessary in our field. You can't just walk up to someone and be like, hey, and then just get behind the console. It doesn't work that way. Oh, no. And um, I just, I, when it comes down to it, even when I have clientele that's like, I sit down and even after talking with them and communicating, I don't understand what's going on with the music and with the song and things like that. I try my very best to connect them with someone who might and could. I think the forefront, the most important thing is the music. And um, I myself as an engineer, I think it would be a disservice if I were to sit down, be stubborn and say, you know what? I don't understand it. I don't know it, but I'm, I'm going to do it. Versus sit, standing back and saying, okay, Maybe I don't know what's going on. Maybe I don't know. I'm going to try my best. But all in all, if I need to share with someone that I think that would do a better job than someone who would understand the project a lot more and its message, then I think that's a part of the job that a lot of engineers, I think, need to do more. Yes. I mean, there's so much work, okay, out there. There's plenty out there for everybody, okay? Yeah. But yeah, like you said, you can't just be a stick in the mud and say, well, I'm going to do it and I'm going to do it my way and you're just going to have to deal and accommodate to me. That's not how it works. Okay. No. Artists, engineers, we have a relationship. Okay. Mm -hmm. We have a professional relationship as well as sometimes a friendship relationship, you know, and you need to treat them like a person both ways, you know. You mm -hmm. don't just ignore an artist's request if they say, I need something. You don't just blatantly ignore it. And if you're not the right person for it, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. Um, oddly, oddly enough, um, the more times that I do that and I share with another engineer, it more than likely comes back to me 10 times fold. Okay. And um, 
one one way I like to describe the engineer and artist relationship is every artist is a blank canvas. And when it comes to the engineer, we are the paint. We are the paint brushes. We could be pastel colors. We could be oil paints. We could be so many different things. And our job is just to help bring the art to life. And um, one element could not survive without the other. You can't survive without the canvas as being the paint. And what's paint without a canvas? Very true. I mean, you know, it's it's not our job to bring our vision forward. It's our job to bring the artist's vision forward. We it it's a whole six degrees of Kevin Bacon situation. Okay, we mm-hmm. we develop that relationship with the artist. We get a concept of what their vision is. We instill the vision into some physical and sometimes energy medium. If it's you know if it's live sound reinforcement, mm-hmm. and then ultimately you get to see. The fruits of your labor, they bring their friends in to listen to their studio recording or they bring their oh, family yeah. to the show. And you see everybody just living their best life, clapping their hands, singing along. And there's nothing that feels better than when you see that you and the artists were able to collaborate together to bring that vision forward. I mean, it, it, there's no words. And I think that's why I strive for as an engineer as well um, is seeing that reaction. Um, more than likely the times that I record something, the times that I mix and master, um, I want to see them invoke the emotion of the track. If it's a very sad track, like if they're, if they just start to get sad and in the mood and they're like, wow, that was very moving or like it's super hyped and they get super like, you know, they dance around and stuff like that. Or, um, it could be a track that's just happy and they're just like super good mood and just like, you can just see it in their faces and the expression of it. Um, that's what I'm trying to invoke and embody. And, um, that's what music is all about. It goes all the way back to that same idea. I think it's a full circle of just, is the emotion communicated? If there's lack thereof, is that communicated? Cause I, you know, cause sometimes that can, that can blow your mind even more. Like, wow, I felt numb, you know? So just playing around those ideas whenever you do mix. So whenever you're starting out, it really gives you so many different directions you can go to as an engineer. Absolutely. I mean, there there's 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 it's just about a taste level thing. You know, everybody understands the basics of mixing, mastering and recording to an extent, you know. But just like when you go to Abuelo's house and you eat whatever it is they're making, whether it is a turkey sandwich or grilled cheese or it's um, you know, fajitas or whatever kind mm-hmm. of thing they're cooking, man, you know you tasting it, you're like, I taste the love in this. Yeah. And that's what it is when you're making a track or uh, doing a show for somebody, you're putting your love in there. It's the mm-hmm. artist vision but you got to put your love in there man because if there's no love in that pot it's just going to feel kind of it's not going to be unique and that that circles back to the um the intention of if you don't know what's going on in the track um if you don't have that connection to the track and you just don't know how that feels how that's expressed because sometimes I can't relate Mm -hmm. when it comes to music that's brought to me Mm -hmm. um I naturally am like okay this engineer over here perfect for it I think that it would really communicate your point across and what you're trying to do um versus you know having that connection to the track as an engineer as a producer as an artist you name it um that's that's the key sauce to having a successful track 
And would you say that part of uh, your technique is about almost like uh, helping to uh, give uh, more presence, like as if it's a story that they're telling, to give it, give it every little bit of love and emotion and care that it needs to be fruitful? Absolutely. Even those who I look up to as engineers, um, it's always a story that's being communicated. Um, whenever you listen to music, I always ask people who I show songs and things to, it's like, hey, can you feel time moving? Can you feel the progress of time? Can you feel, you know, because if not, you're not engaged enough into the music. Like, I want you to sit down and listen to a 10-minute track and then ask me, that was 10 minutes long? That, was, that wasn't three minutes, that was 10? Tool. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like there's so many, there's so many bands and so many artists that you could name with that same ability, you know, like you sit back and also, um, whenever you listen to music and you feel like you've just watched a movie, like your imagination is just being activated and you can just go through each and every segment, each and every second of the song you experience, you feel it, but it all feels timeless. That's, that's my goal as an engineer. That's, that's, a lot of the things that I want to embody. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. There's a lot of uh, engineers um, who sadly I don't know the name off the top of my head who've done some projects like I'm a big rock and roll fan, like the albums mm -hmm. for Tool, um, the albums by uh, this uh, movie that uh, that just resonate with me off the bat for the Final Fantasy Advent Children yeah. movie. I mean, when I hear those kind of kind of uh, engineering styles, like like you said, it paints a whole picture for me. And I'm like, that was that was 11 minutes. Yeah. I was like, really? I didn't even think about it. Like, I was just so deep in the sauce and the emotion, you know. Mm -hmm. And again, I wasn't there to write it. I I did not have any, you know, part in the music or even in the engineering of that, that aspect. But a good engineer knows how to reach anybody, no matter where they are with yeah. their talent. Absolutely. Um, that's and, and that's the thing, too. We as engineers, we spend so much time in the background and... Um, the thing about it is the, the way that you can determine a great engineer is that phenomenon is, um, you know, you are present within the music. You just completely get engulfed into it. And yet, you know, you come from it and you're like, wow, that was an entire experience. I feel like I was right there, like right in the middle of it. You feel like you were a part of it, a part of the whole story, the narrative, what's going on. Um, there's this song by Slick Rick. It's a hip hop song called A Children's Story. And it talks about how, um, you know, kids getting in so many nefarious things and stuff. And it ends off with um, this man who was unfortunately killed. But all throughout it, it just tells this overarching story. Um, and you just, and it's one of those longer songs too, but you know, that some of the greatest music that has ever been created and some of the greatest engineers to work on it understood that idea first and then executed it. And I mean, there, there's nothing else to do but to do it, guys. You know, if you sit there and try to say, I'm going to wait until I'm the greatest. Look, you know, you're great for not giving up. You're great for going after what you want. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? You might look a little clumsy at first, kind of <laughs> like Bambi, you know what I'm saying? But even Bambi got, figured out how to walk eventually, you know what I'm saying? You just got to do it. Here's my advice um, to engineers that are starting out and learning how to mix, how to take care. Because, you know, a lot of times 
I understand how it feels. You, you have a mix that you've been given. You don't know what to do. You don't know where to go with it. You don't even know if it's good. But here's the thing. First of all, you have to remember wherever you're at, at your career, this is the very best that you can do at this time. That's number one. Two, the reason why people say to mix fast is because mixing is a lot of instinct. Emotion is a lot of instinct. The ways that we react to things, it's just instantaneous. And if you remember that while you mix, if you remember that, hey, don't rush through the mix, but just let it naturally evolve. I think that'll help you a lot faster within your career versus sitting down and second guessing everything. Engineers, we're overthinkers. We oh, overthink yeah. everything. Mm-hmm. And then we overthink us overthinking everything. So, <laughs> so it helps you out to remember that, hey, they picked me for a reason. They wanted me to mix this for a reason. I'm doing my very best. I'm going to give them my very best. This is what I think that the track is doing. And if they sit down with you and they have revisions, they're like, hey, I want to fix this, this, and this. The worst thing that they can say is, hey, I might go with someone else. And it's like, okay, cool. I tried my best. I'm continuing to grow. I learned some things. And then even sitting down and saying, hey, what are some things you would like to see different or better? And then taking those things, going back to the drawing board, learning and just progressing from there. You're not going to be everybody's cup of tea, but you're still brewing. Yeah. Yeah. Like respect yourself, believe in yourself and love yourself because there's not everybody's going to. But that doesn't mean you're doing something wrong. You know, Uh, be open to criticism, be open to feedback, but don't beat yourself up as if you're intentionally not trying your best. Because as long as you're trying your best, that is the most important thing. Yeah. Um, Criticism is a big one. Like you, you have to be receptive to a lot of criticism. Even to this day, I ask different mentors of mine, um, peers, I ask people who have no idea, like how music works or anything. Like you said, mentioned earlier, like as engineers, not a lot of us know about music theory. Not a lot of us know how to read sheet music or how instruments and things work or how the harmonic series, the frequency spectrum, how all those things work. That's completely fine. You can sit down and ask a five-year-old, hey, is this song good? No. Why? (laughs) (laughs) And they'll tell you every single reason why. And five-year-olds, they don't have all this extensive knowledge. So when you think about it like that, when it's something as natural as that, we know the difference between good and bad. We just instinctively with our ears, that's just how our ears work. So when it comes down to it, All you have left to do is to love yourself, to love the work that you do. Know the amount of just tireless hours and effort that you have put into to not only get to the point to where you are able to mix a record, but to do your very best doing it. You that's all that's the thing that you owe yourself at the end of the day. And like I said, to be paid, to be compensated, to be able to work and earn a living from it is absolutely beautiful. But you got to remember first, that's something that you deserve too. 100%. And um, I'm glad that you mentioned the truthfulness of toddlers because now I'm going <laughs> to include that in my reference mix technique. Yep. I'm going to go and ask, um, <laughs> you know, kids at the mall, things like that. Excuse me. Can you tell me if this mix sucks? And they'll be like, yeah, it sucks. I'm like, all Children right. Children <laughs> are super honest. 
there is no filter. Like one of the one of the things I like to do, I like to sit down with my baby cousins and things. It's like, hey, does this sound good? Does this sound bad? Granted, you know, sometimes it's hit or miss, but most of the time they'll sit down and say, yeah, this this song's good. And then like that's the that's the most, I think, basic slash fundamental opinion of music. If, you know, like being a person that's like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. Oh, I don't know if this sounds good. Oh, man, this. Oh, man, that. That just shows that you're overthinking it. Like sitting down, ask the um, ask them what they think. Um and from there, from what their opinion is, you can you could possibly ask multiple um, their opinion. You can take that with a grain of salt and then back to the drawing board. And that's very true. You can't, uh, you know, let bad uh, feedback be, you know, de- you know, deter you from wanting to keep going. You know, you have to be open to growth. And uh, again, no matter how good you get, you're always going to have room to grow because with technology as it is and being audio engineers and manipulating energy and working with all kinds of uh, technical gear, mm-hmm. we're always going to have to be learning more and more stuff as we go. And it's it's kind of funny that you mentioned that. Um, a lot of times people, engineers, when, they, when you hear the word revisions, you're like, ah, I I put in all this effort and work and now I have to sit down and revise this track and like that. Let me tell you something. There are mix engineers. There's someone um, who mixed Michael Jackson. I think it was Billie Jean or something. 99 times, 99 times in a row. And they sat down with a panel of people. They're like, okay, we're going to sit down here and we're going to listen to all 99. Granted, there are, there are different like, there are changes, there are mixed changes in different places. I don't know if there's any production changes, but there are for sure mixed changes, right? And guess what number they went with? 99. They went with, they went with mixed two. Oh my they God. They sat down and listened to 99 <laughs> tracks and they went with mixed two. And I think that teaches us a valuable lesson of, okay, you got to accept revisions no matter what, because... You can always do a record better. But with that being known, you can also go to the other side of the spectrum and do some and make something tirelessly when all in reality, they're like, oh, two was fine. Two was all good. All these other 99s. Eh. No, but, you know, two, two was solid. I can only imagine the engineer just like, well, <laughs> he's like, well, that was a fun um, 97 takes, you know, <laughs> a different too. I think. I forget how long Billie Jean is, but it, it's it's more than three minutes for sure. Like it's and, you know, knowing how intensive Michael Jackson songs are like it. That was that was a pretty intense mix. Pretty hard. I wouldn't say too hard, like as in difficulty. But, you know, intense, I think, would be the right word. Yes. And does not matter who the artist is or who the client is. OK, there's no such thing as a small gig. There's no such thing as a small time uh, client. OK, everybody mm. is relevant. You always have to give it a thousand percent no matter what, whether it's a choir concert at your kid's elementary school, you're on the road with Metallica, you're mm-hmm. doing the score for a movie. It doesn't matter. You are you, it, it is your duty to do the very best you can and always put everything into it yeah and um having that mindset will actually get you further it'll get you a lot further um taking each and every job seriously and not just just imagine if someone took because you know a lot of people compare having music and to children just imagine if you took your child to a barber 
and they're like, eh, I'm not really feeling it like it today. Let me just snip here, snip there. There you go. And it's the worst haircut that they have ever done and the kid has ever had. Like, just imagining that and just seeing just the sheer utter terror and sadness in the child's face. I feel like the same mentality when it comes to mixing music and producing, when it comes to, um, heck, even songwriting and things like um, you just can't. Mm-hmm. Every every song and every artist has every opportunity to be just as successful as the next. And I think it's a disservice whenever we sit back and it's like, ah, oh, let me just a uh, little bit of reverb there, a little bit of compression there, and mix master. And yep, it sounds it sounds like, right. you know, um, granted, you have those days whenever you're not feeling your best and you're going into work, but you know. The artist goes in there. A lot of times the studio is a place of escape. It's a place where people, okay, I just got off of work. I can finally go into the studio and do something for myself. I've seen fathers come in and like, okay, I just put the kids to sleep. Time to do something for me. Or, you know, even mothers sit down. It's like, I've been writing down this song. I've been, I cleaned the house. I did all the laundry. I cooked. Everything's taken care of. Now this is the time for me. And for me to sit back and say, oh, I'm having a bad day up at the studio and for them to be waiting days, weeks to get into the studio to have this one chance of escape. I think that's an even bigger disservice that a lot of engineers don't ever think about or contemplate. Yeah, no, there's no there's no room for that. Okay, you you know, doctors can't choose what patients that they treat or save. Okay, and yeah, um, yes, we as engineers, we can choose our clientele and things like that. But that does not mean to, uh, to, uh, you know, pass up on people just because you think that they're not worth your time. Anybody that wants to make art is worth your time, Mm -hmm. point and blank. And going back to the excuse me, going back to the point earlier. Um, I think there's a difference between like that phenomenon and actually trying. Cause like, you know how we were talking about earlier when we were um, saying that, you know, if I'm not, if I see a project, I'm like, I don't think I can provide the best amount of quality and things that you need. Not necessarily quality, but I don't think I can provide you all the things that you're needing for the track. Um, I think there's a difference with that and actually trying versus saying this track is beneath me. Yes. I mean, the only thing that's beneath you is not doing your best. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Just point yeah. blank. And it's, it's like I said, it's so fortunate to be able to have a career in music because it's so hard. It's so hard to, um, to even, you know, make money, to make an income, to um, do all of these things within music. And so many people struggle for years. And for you to say that, oh, this is beneath me. Just that attitude alone, just, I'm just, I can't even fathom. No. Uh, A word of advice from from your host, okay? If you're going to have that attitude of you're not good enough, change your career. Okay? Just just go to McDonald's and give people ketchup (laughs) instead of mayo because clearly that's what you are meant to do. Not knocking any career, though, but, um, yeah, like, if, you have the mindset of this artist is beneath me, this producer is beneath me, I'm greater than blah, 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 blah. Just like, why? Why even, don't even go into work with that mentality because you never know if that person on the other side is giving you their 100% and you're giving two. 
100%. And thank you, DJ, for <laughs> unloading all of this amazing wisdom on us and sharing this fresh perspective. You know, I'm very appreciative of it. I hope the listeners are appreciative of it. Take notes, guys, because you're hearing it from people that are living the dream. Okay. <laughs> thank you. Is thank this, you so much. Absolutely. Thank you. And is there any last bit of advice you'd like to give anybody that's listening? Um, I like to think back to myself whenever I first started and you just got to know, you just got to keep going. It's one of those things. It's a marathon. It's not something that's just instantaneously, you wake up the next day. Oh, I'm exactly where I want to be in my career, working all the gigs that I can and, you know, just completely living off of it. No, it takes time. You don't know what amount of time. You don't know if tomorrow you'll have the gig of a lifetime. But I think it's important to stay ready. You never know what, and being in the standpoint that I am now, there's different opportunities that are coming to me daily. You got to be ready for it. You got to be up to the challenge. You got to have the confidence and the mindset to just go for broke. I'm at the point to where I'm, I am living off of it. I am starting to get to where I'd like to within my career and even more so from it. And, you know, it took so many hours and time of preparation to get there. So you want these opportunities. You want to be able to work. You want to be able to be in those rooms with all of these people and things like that. You have to have the confidence and to know that, hey, I belong here. I love myself. I've worked hard for this. Time to go for it. And you heard it from the lady herself who is living her dream and uh, just, you know, waking up every day and just, you know, emulating success. Okay, guys? <laughs> Thank you. No, thank you, man. I mean, this is what people need to hear now. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. And we will talk to you guys next week. Peace. Bye.